0: Hey, ladies, welcome back to the Self Care Keto Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in with me today. I am your host, Jess Reed, your Self Care Keto Coach. And today I have a very special episode for you called Healing My Relationship with the Scale. And this is actually going to be a two part episode. You'll hear part one today, and we'll be back with part two next week. But this was an interview that I did with Amber Wentworth from Lone Star Keto Girl on Instagram. And she also has the Lone Star Keto Podcast, where this interview was originally featured. So you're going to hear some of the audio info from that podcast, but I'm really excited to share this info with you guys today because I know that it is such a very important topic about healing our relationship with the scale because many of us have a very dysfunctional relationship with the scale, um, maybe an abusive relationship with the scale, maybe no relationship with the scale whatsoever, and you just want to form one um, that is good. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode and spoiler, spoiler alert, the way that I actually healed my relationship with the scale was by following the strategy of using the scale every single day, right? But not only that, but I'm going to share with you the mindset that I had to adopt surrounding using that strategy in order for it to actually be healing to me instead of harmful to me. So tune in. And again, this is part one. We'll be back with part two next week. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today we have a returning guest, Jess Reed, also known as the Keto Fit, and we are going to be discussing healing your relationship with the scale, a very important topic and one that's kind of close to my heart because I dealt with that quite a bit. Welcome, Jess. Thank you
0: so much, Amber. I'm excited to be back.
1: Yay. Okay. So let's, you have been on before, but for the people who haven't seen you, can you give a brief uh, background and maybe some of the health issues maybe you struggled with? Yeah, definitely. So my name is
0: Jess Reed and I call myself a self-care keto coach. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So I'm a weight loss coach and I'm also a certified life coach because Really, I find that it's pretty much impossible to just isolate this one area of your life and just focus on, okay, I'm just going to like change my food and and move some more and and lose weight. It's all interconnected with everything else in your life, with your relationships, with your mental health, with your self care, with your job, with literally everything, the way that you think and your beliefs. So we really examine all of it when I work together with my clients. So that's what I love to do. Um, It's been five years now that I've been doing that and about two years, uh, two and a half years full time. So yeah, I just I love what I get to do every day. Um, so a little bit of my story is that I was an overweight kid. I battled my weight my entire life. And um, even once I reached a quote unquote healthy weight when I was a teenager through very disordered means, by the way, um, I just always saw myself as overweight. Um, I was never really able to change my beliefs surrounding that because I didn't even know that I had to. It was just kind of diet culture was like the air that you breathed, right? So Every day of my life, it was a running total of the calories that I had consumed that day. And I was just always preoccupied with food. I was always hungry. I was never satisfied. I always felt unworthy. I always felt like if I could just get into a smaller body, then I'll be good. I'll be lovable. All of those things. I'm sure so many listeners can resonate with all of this. Um, But I actually was in a healthy BMI for my teenage years, all the way up until my mid 20s. When I went through a pretty traumatic time in my life and I packed on about 40 pounds in the course of a year. So I got to the point where I truly was overweight, very uncomfortable. I was hiding out from my life. I was so depressed. It was awful. And at a point of desperation to just lose 10 pounds, two weeks before Thanksgiving, I started Atkins the first week of November all the way back in 2013. And I chose Atkins because it was just what I had seen my mom do to lose five pounds in a week. And then she would eat pizza on the weekend and, you know, repeat ad nauseum. <laughs> so, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know if it was healthy. Didn't care if it was healthy. I was just trying to lose again, 10 pounds as fast as possible. Cause I was freaking out about seeing people at Thanksgiving and how I looked and all those things. Um, So sure enough, I did lose 10 pounds within the first two weeks on Atkins, but what I did not expect was how amazing I felt. Um, Once I got through, you know, that little keto flu, that a lot of people, I didn't know that was going to happen in the beginning. I was like trying to Google search it. Keto was not a huge thing back then, but once I got through that, I felt incredible, like so incredible that I told myself. I'm going to do this forever. Like, and I just kept it to myself. Um, and then Thanksgiving rolls around. I'm still eating low carb. Everybody thinks I'm you know, weird or going over, the, over the top and all of these things. But yeah, I mean, and it's been nine years now. And I just, I say that I eat keto as a form of self-care. I not only lost the 40 pounds that I had gained, but I lost an additional 10 pounds. I kept it off. I've been a low carb keto constantly um, throughout my pregnancy and postpartum And, and now I get to help other women. So yeah, it's a lifestyle for me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And we have very similar kind of stories, Mm -hmm. backstories there. And yeah, it's something about that freedom you feel. And, Mm -hmm. and when you, the first time I experienced being in ketosis, whoa, you know, it was kind of one of those things was like, okay, what is that? What is that? Google, Google, wait, what is that? thing. Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't want to go back. It's, it's nothing you eat is worth losing that health you gain. And you know, the, the freedom you gain, Yeah, you know, for me, it was definitely
0: about, it was about the food freedom. It was about giving me the, the mental capacity and the mental edge to start to examine my relationship with food and weight and body image. And to release all of that, that was causing me so much pain I didn't choose those messages. They were placed on me as a kid. They've been placed on all of us. You didn't choose these beliefs, but when you get to the point where you realize how much they're harming you and holding you back, you can choose if you want to take on new beliefs. So, and I'm sure that's going to totally infiltrate our conversation today surrounding the scale.
1: Well, it needs to be. And one other thing that you kind of brought up too is how by eating kind of basically how We should be eating, you know, according to the way our body is made and our ancestors, et cetera. But yet you're thought of as weird because you won't indulge in crap food. Like, and what I mean by crap is refined, you know, carbohydrates. And I'm not talking vegetables. We can, that's another day, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, refined foods, cookies, cakes, bread, pasta, la, 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 la. That somehow is normal. Right. But if you don't partake in it, you're weird.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Everybody gets really,
0: really concerned about you when you decide to eat meat and vegetables, but nobody's concerned about you when you're eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's in front of them. Nobody (laughs) says anything to you
1: then. Yeah. Isn't that messed up? That to me, you know, like you said, the whole beliefs thing, but when it's been so indoctrinated into us and you see it all over the TV and it's in magazines and there's fast food restaurants everywhere, it's, it's kind of one of those things that you do start to begin to think that that's what's normal, right? Oh my God. And when your eyes are open, you're like, oh my gosh. And you know, what used to bother me at the beginning. I don't know about you where people would kind of judge you, right? Like what you, we were just talking about. And that kind of bothered me a little bit. And it kind of does make you question a little bit yeah. now <laughs> question all you want. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care because you know what? I feel good. Do not you? Yeah, I'm, results just don't lie. I'm, yeah. I, I'm just saying.
0: And over time, <laughs> I will say all the people that were very concerned about me and were very critical of the way that I was eating over time results. Don't lie. Every single one of those people has at one point come to me and asked for help or questions or things. Nice. Like
1: that. So, nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: You'll get the, you'll get the respect. If you just keep sticking with it, people exactly.
1: Yeah, that's right. Don't push your views on other people. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, judge their way of eating. I mean, okay. Inside your head, you might a little bit, (laughs) but you know, it's not really so much judging for me. It's just like, Oh God, I've been there. Do you know what you're doing to your body? Because I do, I do, you know, between my knowledge and experience, I know what's going on inside your body right now. Oh my God. And yeah, but it's not, you know, like Oh God, you know, you're not eating what I do.
0: It's not a a criticism of the individual because you used to be stuck in it as well. And you know, now that it wasn't your fault. It was the food's fault. It's more like a, like a holy frustration at Mm -hmm. the system that is oppressing everybody by keeping us all addicted to these highly processed sugary non-foods.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's get to talking about healing your relationship with the scalp. First of all, why do you think that there is so much emphasis put on the stupid little machine, if you want to call it that, a tool? Yeah. And I will say, just coming from my background, that scale determined my mood. Yeah. And I got to the part where I was in, you know, one of my many times of losing weight or whatever. And I knew that the scale bothered me too much. I couldn't weigh every day. So I weighed once a week, but I'm going to tell you what, if it didn't go down on that once a week, Mm -hmm. it was ugly. It was ugly and it ruined my whole entire day.
0: Yeah.
1: Why, why is that a thing?
0: Yeah. I think it's just a lack of being taught anything other than the scale as being the measure of health or the measure of um, your body size, making you attractive and valuable and all of these things, you know, like I said, it's the air that we breathe. That's what we grew up with. That's what our mothers passed down to us. It was on the cover of every magazine. It was on every episode of daytime TV or just whatever, right. It was always all about losing more weight was constantly put in the front of your mind as like, this should be your number one goal as a female breathing, Right. So, um, yeah, I saw my mom step on the scale almost every day when I was growing up. Um, there was a scale in our bathroom. I don't remember when's the first time that I stepped on the scale, but it was at a young age. My, my parents cared about what I weighed. I remember being at the doctor as a kid and the doctor being concerned about what I weighed. I remember it being a very big issue when I was growing up. Like I said, I was overweight. And so the scale to me was like kind of the judge and jury of like, you're either good or you're not good you're either yes. right or you're wrong right and so mm-hmm. like there was something wrong with me that i was overweight mm-hmm. and i needed to fix that you know and i i needed for the scale to say what i needed it to say to prove that i was okay that there was nothing wrong with me that I was acceptable that I was good. Like, that's kind of what it was for me. Also, of course, I wanted to be hot. I wanted to, you know, look cute and tiny, like all the little cheerleaders that were like five, two in my high school, you know, all these things. This is what I was comparing myself to. I was comparing myself to people on the cover of magazines or people that had a much smaller frame than me and all these things. I didn't know necessarily about BMI. Um, I remember being in high school and um, being in a chat room. And somebody said, oh, cause like when you're in a chat room, this was before like social media or whatever. So you're just mm-hmm. in a chat room. And one of the things that people ask you is like age, sex, location. And a lot of times like guys would ask like what, what you weigh and you see people having these conversations and stuff, like how tall are you height and weight. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I don't even remember if it was a girl or a guy or whatever, but somebody in this chat room said, if you weigh over 135 pounds, you're a heifer. Doesn't matter. Like whatever. And I just like. <laughs> I just internalized that and I was like, oh crap, because I did. I weighed over 135 pounds. Mind you, I'm five seven. I think when I was in high school, uh-huh. I was probably around 140 to 145. But I internalized that right away. Like I didn't even question it. I was just like, oh my God, yeah, but like, that anybody would think like anything over 135 pounds for being a female is like heavy. I was like, again, something's wrong with me. Like I i need to get smaller and for me that always stayed a number in my mind that 135 wow. number was always a number in my mind of like oh i'm fat if i'm anything above 135 even though that's not true that's not true at wow. all yeah so that's kind of like my relationship with the scale i remember stepping on the scale most most days of my life um mm. i remember times in my life when i threw away the scale Thinking that that would solve my problem. <laughs> or my husband one time threw away my scale because he was so frustrated with me. He was like, This is ridiculous. This thing is ruling your life. It's dictating, like you said, your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, I would cry. I would cuss. I would want to throw the thing across the room. It, it would influence my plans for the day. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm canceling plans. I gained mm-hmm. two pounds. I don't want to see mm-hmm. anybody. It would change the outfit that I was planning to wear. It would change the food that I would plan to eat. I would want to <laughs> fast for the day or for two days or three days or whatever. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had such a negative relationship with the scale.
1: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Me too. And like you said, it's kind of like, it's, it's a judgment of your worth of your effort. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't do what you want, it's like getting a big old F. Yeah, And it's all your fault yeah. and you didn't work hard enough or you didn't, whatever, you didn't achieve what you should have achieved. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know so much more now, but I'm going to tell you that if I was to start weighing again, mm-hmm. even though I know this information mm-hmm. and I work with my clients on this information, it would still affect me. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: struggle with self-compassion? I was self-aware most of my life about my own messed up beliefs, thoughts, and habits. I knew exactly what childhood stories they were born out of even, but I had no self-compassion. Instead, I was still judging, condemning, and hating myself over it. I was telling myself I should be past this, should be able to get over it, should be stronger than this. I shamed myself. I looked in a mirror and said horrible things to myself, thinking that maybe that would motivate me to change. I would generate some harebrained plan for me to get it together and restrict and punish myself to lose weight, which of course would only last a few days or maybe a few weeks before I would self-sabotage. Can you relate? Most of the women I work with already have a high level of self-awareness, but they lack self-compassion. We cannot rewire our brains until we have self-compassion. We can lose weight without self-compassion, We can reach our goals without self-compassion. We can hate ourselves through the whole process and we will still feel miserable once we see that number on the scale. Sure, we'll feel a temporary thrill, but we will very quickly adapt and go back to feeling miserable or we'll just move the goalpost and think that we need to lose more weight to love ourselves. We cannot let go and move on from our old ways through self-judgment and shame, only through self-love. Judgment and fear might produce temporary behavior modification but love is what produces true long-term change from the inside out. This month's mindset class is called Compassion for Your Coping. In this class, you will learn about your Enneagram personality and how it has impacted your relationship with food, weight, and body image. You'll learn your childhood wound or the primary message that you received as a child and how it shapes the story that you tell yourself about your life, your health, your weight, and your capabilities you'll learn your signature brand of coping with self-compassion and gratitude for how it has helped you survive. You'll learn easy, practical ways to practice self-compassion, and you'll get specific personal growth recommendations that you can begin to take action on. When you sign up, I will email you access to the recorded class, and you can watch it whenever is good for you and have access to it forever. The price is just $22 through PayPal. Head over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class to sign up today
1: yeah and I know better yeah that's how deeply rooted this crap is and it's infuriating if you think about it that how we have been so you know pushed into this mindset and the heifer thing oh lord I had a similar comment a similar comment that that plays over in my head even still now. Mm-hmm. Not as much; it's a lot quieter, but it's still there's something like that. But back in my day, it was not so much what's set on the scale, but your what size you were. Yeah. Like if you were anything other than you know a size zero or two, mm-hmm. you were hitha. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And so that was. It that was more of my goal, honestly, than the scale, even though the scale you know showed your progress, which should show up in your you know clothes. Or I thought, yeah, and so you know, I in order to achieve that, the things I did was horrific, yeah, but I got down to a double zero, I did. Of course yeah. I was anorexic and bulimic, malnutritioned, um, <laughs> set myself mm-hmm. up, you know, for all kinds of grief later in life, but mm-hmm. I got in the double zeros. I yeah. wasn't heifer. <laughs> How'd you feel when you did? Uh, good for a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, lots and lots of attention, yeah. but, uh, did it fix my issues? No. Right. Ultimately, did it, it, it relieve any anxiety when you reached no. that number? Yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. And, yeah. you know, I, that's what I, I tell my clients, you know, it feels great to lose the weight. It does. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good to be able to wear nice clothes. It does. It makes you feel good, but that is not what is making you happy. It doesn't change any issues you had before, just, you know, in your mind. And I know you're probably going to talk about this, about how you, you think that, you know, oh, well, if I just reach a certain size or just reach a skull, everything is happy. Yeah. No, no, yeah. that's not what happens. No, yeah. not until you fix what the underlying issue is to begin with. It doesn't really matter what you change on the outside or other things you do, you
0: yeah. know, cause it's not
1: just weight and everything, but it, it's other things that mm-hmm. matter too, that you think, oh, if I just accomplish this, yeah. like for me, I was like, oh, well, I will feel fu- fulfilled if I get published as a writer. Mm-hmm. <gasps> well, I got published a, a few times, yeah. I don't know, like seven times or something.
0: Yeah. and
1: it was like, eh, it was so Mm anticlimactic. I actually cried. Yeah. Even when I held my first book in my hands.
0: Yeah.
1: Because there was something else that was the problem. That wasn't it. So it's the same thing. It's like, you just, you think that this one thing and for women, Mm -hmm. I think they focus a whole lot on the scale.
0: Yeah. And size. It's true. And it feels, um, First of all, we don't want the thing we, we want, how we believe we will feel when we reach the thing, right? Exactly. So you believed you would feel fulfilled or yes. that you'd have that sense of meaning or purpose or validation or love for yourself or just whatever, seeing that number on the scale or getting your book published or whatever. Um, but the process to get there, sometimes we make ourselves so miserable in the process to get there thinking, Oh, the means will justify the ends." That's not true. You can't just magically flip a switch And feel enlightened and exactly how you want to feel just one day when you finally see that number, it's going to fall flat. It's going to feel hollow. And not only do I notice sometimes that for me and for a lot of the clients that I work with, that the number feels anticlimactic, but actually sometimes it can induce even more anxiety. I I, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen clients totally um, regress because they finally saw a number smaller on the scale Than they thought that they would see in that amount of time. And it just completely freaked them out. And, you know, then it causes them to go like on a bender because they get this thought in their mind of like, oh my God, I have to maintain this forever. And it just freaks them out. Same thing with Mm. compliments. Like when people compliment your body and notice that you've lost weight, that can be really, really triggering as well. Did Mm -hmm. you have a positive experience with people complimenting you or was it negative or was it like a mixed bag? Uh,
1: for me, I I think it was as far as I can remember, it was good. Yeah. It it was a good thing because I think I had such a negative self image that I was getting the validation or at least for a while, you know, Um, I don't know. I think it wasn't negative for me, but Mm -hmm. I do see that it's, it's negative for a lot of people. Yeah. I I don't really know why it wasn't for me necessarily, or maybe I didn't perceive it that way. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, I just didn't really, you know, Hone in on that. I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes for me, I think it gives me a little bit of anxiety because if somebody notices that I've like let's just say lost five pounds because I was trying out a new strategy, and somebody says something to me like, "Oh my gosh, you look great! What have you been doing differently?" And I'll kind of share with them, "Oh, I tweaked my my proteins a little higher, my fats a little bit lower. Yeah, I'm feeling really good." Blah, blah blah. But then, let's just say that you know it was the holidays, and maybe I gained three to five pounds or whatever. And Mm. then I have to, I know that I'm going to go see that same person. I kind of like mentally freak out because I'm like,
1: but that person is paying attention to my
0: body because they noticed when I lost weight. So they're probably going to notice that I've gained weight. It does. It can give you a little bit of anxiety.
1: Okay. When you put it that way. Yes. Yes. And I don't know why I didn't think of this, but even I'm sorry, when my ear things keeps popping out, but, um, when, when you're in the, you know, more of the, you know, our community, more visible in our community, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say. You know, a lot of people hold you up to a certain standard without realizing you're a person too. And you have issues to overcome as well. And especially like with this whole, you know, the big C thing going on. Mm -hmm. um, It, it did affect me in, in the sense that it depressed me because I didn't like seeing everybody with the "Mm," And, you know, I just, depressed me and, um, I not being, I'm very social. And so not really getting to do as much of that. Anyway, it caused issues. And I did see that, um, my stress level went sky high Mm -hmm. and I put on some weight. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't good. Gosh, these things, um, I didn't change my eating one bit. Mm. not one bit. I didn't change my activity one bit, nothing changed except for my stress level. My cortisol went crazy yeah. and you know, I'm sure all kinds of hormonal and plus menopause. Right. Yeah. So I did gain some weight and there was a, a keto meetup
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I almost didn't go. Oh, and and it wasn't you. that bad. It wasn't like, you know, I gained a hundred pounds or something. It wasn't that yeah. it was just that. You know, you are expected to look a certain way and God help you if you don't for some people, you know, and I just, it was, it was hard for me to, to, you know, but it made no difference. Oh my gosh. I
0: feel you so much. It it
1: was a beautiful time and I would have missed out on so much. I
0: know. I know for,
1: for a few pounds.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you went. Um, I work with this with a lot of women and I have felt this way myself as well, because I started my weight loss coaching practice. It was about, um, nine months after my daughter was born and I was still breastfeeding. I was postpartum. I was about 20 pounds more than what I am right now. And I felt so much insecurity starting to call myself a weight loss coach. Literally people would be like, what do you do? And I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm a coach or I'm i I'm a life coach. Like, but I was afraid to say I'm a weight loss coach. Cause I was afraid that people would just judge me if they were seeing me in person, I was putting stuff out on Facebook and yada, yada, like, you know, you can like tailor your little photos and everything to be a little mm-hmm. bit more flattering and the angles and things like that. But, oh my gosh, I felt so much personal insecurity <laughs> and I just made myself do it anyway. I was like, I'm just going to freaking do this thing because you know, first of all, a lot of times people are, people don't want perfection. People that right. have a hundred pounds to lose, they're not going to be inspired by some size four, you know, eight pack chick on Instagram. Right. That, that girl's going to get her audience. Right. But like a lot of the women that I want to work with, like have a significant amount of weight to lose. And for them, like your body is somebody else's dream body. Right. like Really. And truly somebody else would like kill to be in the body. That so true.
1: Yeah. So true. And it is really sad that we have allowed ourselves to feel that way. Yeah. Because I know, you know, it's we are responsible for how we Mm -hmm. feel, nobody else, whatever. But when you have all these outside noises, you know, and I see it all the time on social media in our Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, do you know what you're doing to that person? And they're trying to bring you information. Stuff happens. Hormones happen. And like I said, for me, I didn't change a dang thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like one of those things, you know, I can only control so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and so having to try to figure out, but that's the thing of it. I think people don't understand. It's just because you think you have something figured out. It can change on a dime. Mm Mm-hmm situational, you know, you could come up with some kind of illness that had nothing to do with your health or lifestyle. It could be something just that happened. Mm -hmm. You get hit by a car and then be laid up and then, you know, it's just anything can happen and stress good God stress. That is my biggest issue I struggle with. And I work on it all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's still, and it's better, but you know, it still happens. So you can't ever think that you found the Holy grail and it will never, ever change or that you won't ever have to deal with issues. And you know, we're human Mm -hmm. things happen to us too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: We have the information, we have certain, you know, skills or whatever, but we still have stuff happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're, you know, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And first of all, it's not even just, it's not even just me and you being in the keto space, all women that I work with in some way, shape or form feel that their value and their credibility is tied up in what they weigh. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So
0: I've worked with women who, you know, just are maybe they're public speakers. They have to get up on stage sometimes, even just Mm. women who work in a normal office and have to show up to a meeting and they don't want to speak up because they're afraid that people perceive them as lazy, undisciplined, you know, unintelligent, whatever, because of their weight, because of their body size. Yeah. And so in so many ways we're, we're hiding or we're holding ourselves back. I'm glad that you kept the plans. I try to encourage everybody, especially like after a holiday weekend or a spring break or whatever, you know, you, you shared that post of mine, basically like, you know, resist the urge to compensate, resist the urge to hide out today. Like people Mm -hmm. love you just show up. You know, I'm so glad that you showed up because you could have missed out on something so
1: great or something so silly. It was it was beautiful and and nobody. I mean, like I said, it wasn't like it was a big thing. It was just in my head, you know, perceived. And the people were so. It was it was a beautiful time, and I really truly would have missed out on it. So, justice, right, y'all? Do your thing. Who cares? And you know what? And if somebody does judge you you don't need them in your life anyway. Mm-hmm. And why should their opinion matter yeah. in the realm of thing? What, who cares? Mm-hmm. Do they have any impact on your life? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are they paying your bills? <laughs> are they giving you what you need? mean? <laughs> I mean yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, why, why do we give so much power to people to make us feel that way?
0: Hmm. I think it's that it's, it is what we worry that other people feel, but it's actually what we think about it. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Like, it's that we're agreeing with that, right? That's, that's the problem. It's not that other people think it it's that you also secretly agree that that's true. And you haven't actually processed fully through that. Like when I gain a couple of pounds, one of the first things that I try to do with myself is remind myself of the day when I was on the downward trend and saw that number and how excited I was to see that number. Isn't that crazy Yeah. that once that number that you hate today You actually were so excited to see that number on the scale. (laughs) That just goes to show you that it's not the number that's hurting you. It's the story that you're telling yourself about it. And that has so much to do with healing your relationship with the scale. Well, I guess this is just my summer body now. I see you friend trying on the swimsuit, the tank tops, the shorts, and wishing you had made more progress since January. Now you're feeling like you might as well abandon hope until the fall because of summer barbecues, vacations, and travel, and the stress of the kids being out of school. The summer holidays can feel like food temptations and sugar everywhere, like food pushers at parties trying to get you to eat what they made, like people you have to see who talk about topics you don't want to talk about, like foods that are only available this time of year and you struggle with fear of missing out. And like being halfway through the year and judging yourself for not being further along in your goals you do not have to wait until after the summer to prioritize your health you don't have to resign yourself to stress exhaustion deprivation discomfort and shame over the summer holidays the self-care keto holiday guide will help you navigate the food opportunities of the summer holidays from a mindset of self-care with a 50-page easy to use downloadable and printable guide 26 easy keto holiday recipes, and a holiday planner exercise that you can reuse holiday after holiday, year after year. You will design a plan that is focused on what you will actually enjoy because it's your summer too. You'll uncover the people-pleasing mindsets that cause you to self-sabotage on holidays. You'll have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you. You'll have exciting new recipes that everyone will love. You'll know how to handle food pushers and awkward food conversations. You'll develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating. You'll know how to succeed anywhere, at home, at someone else's house, even at a restaurant or traveling. You'll feel in control and have zero regrets, and you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a holiday. You can instantly download your copy at theketofit.com slash holiday. So I would love to talk a little bit about like frequency of weighing yourself because you mentioned before that you basically the way that you handle the scale is like very rarely getting on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And is that because you're afraid of this, like not, not being able to change the story that you tell yourself when you step on it?
1: I I just know how it makes me feel. I know the control I allow it to have over me and I just, and it's never going to be good enough you know, the number is never going to be satisfying to me. I I know that, I mean, it's better now Mm -hmm. it is. And I don't really even think about it anymore, but if I started doing that again, Mm -hmm. I would, I know I would flip that right back into play. You know, I I have a feeling because I do have that kind of personality anyway. So it's kind of an, almost an addictive thing, really, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do have a very addictive mind. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a valid choice. I think, you know, um, in the sense that where we want to get to is that the number on the scale doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You could either completely abandon it because it doesn't matter, or you could look at it constantly and detach yourself from the fact that it matters. Like, so for me personally, when I gave up the scale, like I threw it in the trash, I think this was in, I think I did this in like either February or March of 2020. And I was like, I'm so over this with the scale. I'm so over it affecting how I feel every day. I was irritated, especially because here I am already a weight loss coach and I'm still personally struggling with this crap. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, you're at a, you're in a healthy weight range. Just stop obsessing what this number looks like every single day. And I threw my scale in the trash. So mind you, middle of COVID, so stressful, like everything else is completely outside of my control. And to an extent, seeing that number on the scale every day, it did give me some level of like control over what I have control over. Like I have control over myself and what I eat and yada, yada. And it felt good for a little while to not weigh myself, but I'm pretty sure um, it was maybe like three, four weeks before I started like freaking out, like completely freaking out, Amber, like, like trying to connive ways that I could step on somebody else's scale, just so that I could figure out what I weighed. Like it was starting to become an obsession. It increased my anxiety all the more. Wow. Literally Amber, I am not proud of this moment. I was like in target, like walking, buying other things, but I'm like, I'm just going to go walk down the scale aisle and hope that one of these things has a battery in it and put it on the ground and step on it. Like I, I couldn't figure out how to get the box untaped without, you know, whatever oh, like, wow. the thing from the battery thing. But like my mind was going there. It was, wow. it was dark. Um, at some point I wound up going over my sister's house and she had a scale and I stepped on the scale. I think it was like 60 days was the longest I went without weighing myself. And I, I was so upset with myself too. I was like, why do you care? What, why does it matter? Yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um, but for me, I actually found that it kind of backfired to never look at the scale.
1: Wow.
0: I think different things work for different people. Mm. And then one day I was listening to a podcast and somebody else was sharing about how they actually weigh themselves every day, but because the scale fluctuates so much, what they do is they actually just take a weekly average. And I don't know why this never occurred to me in my entire life.
1: There's an app that does that. Really? What's it called? And that was, that was so helpful to me. I can't even tell you that made the biggest difference. Let me see if I can find it anymore, but it, it was, it takes the average and it shows you your yes. trend. Yes. Yeah. And it was super cool. And that's the one way that I was able to, to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And but does you know, it, after,
0: does it like sync with your scale and not show you what you weigh that day, but only gives you like a weekly report or something?
1: It is called Happy Scale, Hmm. and it gives you milestones and stuff like that. And this was a long time ago. Let me see if it. it, it, And it gives you reports. Oh gosh, it's been so long ago. Yeah, it's been years, but it it shows you all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I, you can see, you know, it all in a. Um, one picture, if you will, like from your starting weight Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, kind of see like this, but Mm -hmm. it's all the averages. Mm -hmm. And so long as your average is trending downward, Mm -hmm. that's what you go for. I mean, even if you have this or even this, so long as it, and then, you know, you may go like this and and it it was very helpful for me actually. And if yeah. I was to start doing that again, I would definitely take that approach because it does vary every day. I yeah. mean, it just does. It it yeah. varies certain times of the month. I mm-hmm. mean,
0: depending
1: mm-hmm. on what you eat, elimination, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much.
0: I go over that with my clients all the time, regardless of how often they choose to step on the scale. I give them options. I'm like, well, do you just never want to use the scale? And we could just do body measurements and photos. That's totally fine. Some, most of my clients, I find that they want to start with like, okay, I really don't like weighing in, but I'll do it once a week because. We are measuring progress by weight, right? We say, I want to lose weight. Okay. Right. So we, we do care about the number on the scale to some extent, and it is a valid measure of progress. It's usually one of the most accessible ones because getting a body scan, is not as that accessible, um, but measurements and, and stepping on the scale and photos, these are like the three most accessible, um, ways that we have. Um, and I, I do remind my clients like, Hey, make sure you take those measurements because I can't even tell you how many times I see. And this was myself and my clients you're shrinking, even though the number on the scale is not going down. And that's because you're eating higher protein and you're building muscle as you are losing fat. Your body is literally recompositioning itself with keto or carnivore or a low carb approach much differently than just eating low calorie. Um, I reached Mm. the same number on the scale. Um, but okay, let me, let me try to contextualize this. Um, as I was on my weight loss journey, I'm just going to pick a random number because This will be easy, but I remember on my wedding day, which was, oh my gosh, 17 years ago, I was just eating low calorie and I weighed 140 pounds and I was a size eight. So then I gained a bunch of weight. Then I lose the weight. I reached 150 pounds and I'm a size eight. I was shocked that I weighed 10 pounds more, but I was at the same pant size as I were. I was before when I was eating low calorie versus low carb. So that's just a little snapshot that you might actually reach your goal size before you reach your goal weight when you are doing keto or low carb. So make sure to take those measurements. So many times my belt Uh was looser. My, I was down a notch, even though I was the same number on the scale, my rings were twirling around so many non-scale victories that I do with my clients. But yeah, so I give them the option of like, do you want to never weigh? Do you want to weigh maybe once a week? Um, Or do you want to weigh every day and take the weekly average? Many of my clients are really gun shy about that third thing in the beginning. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And it's exactly because of what you said. They don't trust themselves to be able Mm -hmm. to handle that. They're afraid of the scale. They're afraid. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. But I'm also like, what is to be afraid of? Because the scale can't hurt you. The only thing that's hurting you Mm -hmm. is the story that you are telling yourself about that number. And so with, with a lot of patience, we will get there, but if people only want to weigh in once a week, I usually recommend to do it on Fridays because we tend to eat a little mm-hmm. bit more moderately throughout the week or a little bit more on plan. And then sometimes you just eat more. Um, we eat at different times on the weekend. We might eat a little bit more on the weekend, even if we're still staying on plan. Um, so usually it, chances are your lowest weight of the week is probably going to be on a Friday morning. So that's what I would recommend. Um, but then again, it's just a snapshot in time. So I always tell my clients like, okay, if you want to weigh once a week and on a Friday morning, we're texting back and forth and you are mad about that number. And you're going to be like, what do I do differently? Like, should I change everything? I'm going to say no, (laughs) let's weigh in again on Sunday morning or Monday morning and see what it says. And sure enough that whenever that happens, like 90% of the time, they're back down to a lower weight than they were the previous Friday when they step on the scale about two or three days later, because like you said, there's so many things that can influence the scale. Like, can you go through those again? What, what did you say?
1: Oh, well, the hormones, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, depending on what time of the month it is, what you eat and, uh, you know, you can retain more water depending on what it is you eat. Even if it's quote something healthy, it can still do that to you. If you know, you haven't eliminated properly Mm -hmm. enough, you're still, you know, it does weigh to a certain degree. And, you know, there's just so much that can, can, can make that work. And, you know, weight is just, a measurement—that's all it is. It, it's yeah. you know, it, it doesn't tell you the fat you lost, mm-hmm. and this is the problem I think is we're so focused on weight, where yeah. weight takes everything into consideration. You know, mm-hmm. your bones, your muscle, you know, the amount of water—if you're dehydrated or not. Because yeah. I'll tell you what: after having some drinks the night before, the next day I always weighed like a pound or two less. Yeah, because it dehydrated. was that. Was it because I didn't? Mm-hmm. I dropped the fat. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, yay! Drinking is magic. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to do more of that. So it matters, but yeah. we need to focus. If you're going to focus on that, is the fat loss, not yeah. the weight loss? And yeah. people just don't get that. I think yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, I want the scale to show it <laughs> exactly. But I would much rather lose the actual fat mm-hmm. than you know. parts of my muscle, um, you know, uh, water weight, whatever you want to call it. I want to lose the fat. That is my goal, not the other. So it's it's all the one equation. So focus on fat loss, not weight loss. And the scale can't tell you that. Yeah. I mean, you can see the trends. It is a tool to use. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the way I look at it, it can be a tool, Mm -hmm. but it's not the end all get all. And it doesn't change your worth. I think that is, pretty much what you're trying to get at yeah. is that the number on the scale doesn't decide whether or not you're a success or if you're a good person or yeah. if you're valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that like, even apart from those things, like, of course, we're all trying to detach ourselves from those really harmful beliefs and harmful stories. Like, yeah, my weight doesn't determine my worth. Blah, blah, blah. Of course. Yet I'm still using this as a measure of my progress. Mm -hmm. on my journey. And I want to make sure that I'm doing this right. And so you can get so caught up in like just total frustration with what the scale says, if you don't, or if you're not able to give yourself context. Right. So just all of those Mm -hmm. things that you just listed, like that's such valuable information, like that I just never knew. And so I'm thinking every time that I gained weight on the scale, it means that either I did something wrong or that my body is fighting me.
1: Oh, that Both was are just so oh. frustrating.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. yeah. I had this horrible, horrible relationship with my body for that very reason, mm-hmm. because if it didn't show on the scale, then, and I know that I tracked every calorie, I mean, and I, I'm very OCD. So it wasn't like I was underestimating and I always adjusted, you know, to allow for anything I might've screwed up, even though I was so meticulous Mm -hmm. and I didn't snack. I didn't do all those things. I didn't do these little bites here. And I didn't do that. So I knew, I knew in my gut. And so the next thing was, well, yes, stupid body. Yeah you know, you are fighting me. How dare you? You know, yeah. my mind is doing everything. Why are you not cooperating? Right. And then I, I felt like, you know, I was separate from my body. And yes. I actually, and this is a horrible thing to say, I punished my body mm-hmm. because it refused to cooperate. It was like it was another entity. It wasn't part yeah. of me.
0: Right. And
1: you know, I had this self-loathing, not for me as a person but for my body, because it didn't do what my mind said Mm -hmm. it should do. And yeah, that, that is so, 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 so detrimental to your mental health, you know, it's like, and, and then when you realize it, like, once you start really getting into how incredibly, Awesome, your body is. It's this awesome biological machine. And it just wants you to survive. It's doing Mm -hmm. the best it can with what you give it. Yeah. And there are going to be times where it it, it don't care about what you look like on the outside. It don't Mm -hmm. care about your hair. Don't care about Mm -hmm. your hair. If if something else is going on, it's going to shut that off. Just shut it off. And the whole and a lot of times the fat gain is a Mm -hmm. survival thing. Right. It's it's to help, you know, get toxins out of your body or Mm -hmm. to act like an organ and produce estrogen Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And so it does the best it can. It's because it's trying to help you. It's not trying to hurt you. It's trying to help you. Yeah. And, you know, once you realize that, I think that's why I can accept certain things now better. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I like it, but I understand it. And I'm like, you know, bless your little heart you're just trying to help me (laughs) (laughs) They're like I'm trying to help you now you know so you have this relationship yeah so good
0: you're right when you have the context again it doesn't mean you have to like the fact that you gained Mm -hmm. a pound but at least Mm -hmm. if you can understand it then you feel like you're not crazy Okay, ladies, that's a wrap on part one of this interview. We'll be back next week for part two. And I know that you heard the little commercial halfway between the episode there about my self-compassion class that's offered this month. And I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that this is the very last week to get your hands on it before it disappears at the end of May. It won't be offered again for another six months. So make sure that you go get your hands on it today over at bit.ly slash self-care keto class. Have a great week.